We are all born with a purpose, yet identifying what that is can be very challenging. It can be even more challenging to find purpose in your business. So, is it possible to find purpose in your business and make profit at the same time? Not only is it possible, but a business led by purpose can be even more profitable than one that is simply led by profit. Join Robert Fukui as he explores how to be purpose-led and profitable while making a positive impact in your community. Good morning, good evening, and good Monday, or whatever day and time that you're listening to this. Welcome back to the Purpose and Profitability Podcast. This is your host, Robert Fukui, where we believe that having a profitable, purpose-led business can lead to community transformation. Hey, welcome back. Hope you had a great weekend or uh, experience a great week to turn depending on when you're listening to this but i've got we're on episode uh, number 71 so thank you all for those that have been listening all this time and and also thank you for those that just maybe have just started or maybe this is your first one so this is key number four of five in uh, creating sustainable business or scaling your business actually excuse me and the title of this uh, topic for today is Right Leader in the Right Seat, which is the key to creating, having great leadership, and great organizational structure. You know, when it comes to building your business for sustainable growth, a lot of attention is paid to marketing and sales, um, getting uh, updating equipment, software, uh, improving your manufacturing, potentially even seeking new channels of, dis- uh, new channels of distribution. Um, and then a variety of other things that go into um, creating some growth strategies. Now, while these strategies and infrastructure improvements will help the business grow, not a whole lot of attention sometimes is paid to the most important resource that is key to sustaining that growth. And that is its people, but ultimately you as the leader. And so the question for today is, are you doing the right things that will grow the company. A lot of times as a leader, you're talking about, you know, our, you know look at the performance of your people, um, look at the performance of your strategies that have been put in place. But how many times do you look at yourself and assess how, what, what you're doing that is uh, helping the business grow or even maybe holding it back? Now, you've heard the phrase, get the right people on the bus in the right seats by Jim Collins in his book, Good to Great. Um, if you haven't, then definitely get the book because this will definitely help you grow your organization. It's an awesome book. Um, it's a great read, and I, and I definitely recommend you. If you haven't read this already, I'm sure you've probably heard the book um, or even heard phrases outside that book and maybe even and, or heard of, at least heard of the author, Jim Collins. But anyways, just definitely get a hold of that book if you haven't read it already. So getting the right people on the bus in the right seats is definitely important. But what about getting the right leader in the right seat? Now, I'm not advocating changing leaders per se, but just to make the title, the the phrase sound good, but getting the leader in the right seat is just as important as getting the right people in the bus in the right seats. You know, the premise of that phrase, getting the right people on the bus in the right seats, is making sure you've hired the right people who have the right skills, competencies, but ultimately character. And then positioning in the right jobs. A lot of times we're hiring people, um, maybe it looks good on the, res- the, the resume looks good, um, or maybe we're desperate to fill a position. Um, but a lot of times we don't spend the time in assessing the individual and make sure not only are they qualified to do the job, 
but they're ultimately the right person beyond just, you know, do they have the skills? And I said earlier about character. We'll get back to that in a, little, in a bit. But what about the leader in the right seat? And what does that mean, right? So I said, I'm not advocating changing leaders per se, but what I'm saying is to make sure that you as a leader are focused on doing the right things and try to get rid of everything else. So in this episode, we're going to discuss that and what you as a leader need to consider to build a solid team that will take the business to the next level. Now you've heard, so ultimately, you know, as I started here, um, there's so much you can do. There's so much to, to do uh, to build your organization. And we're always, as a leader, you're always looking down or, or, or looking across or, or looking at all these other things you need to do to grow the organization. But everything starts at the top, right? You've heard Harry Truman's, you know, he had a sign, famously had this sign on, on his desk in the old office that says, the buck stops here. That ultimately, ultimately the success, <clears throat> the success or the failure of the organization rests on your shoulders as the leader. Now, it's a big, it's a big weight to carry, right? And so, before you're just looking at, before looking at other things or other people to change, to grow the organization, you want to start with yourself. And the first thing you want to do is to surround yourself with people that you can trust, that you trust their opinion, that will be honest with you. And especially about honest about what you're doing well or what you're not doing well. You don't want to surround yourself with yes men. You don't want to just surround with people that are just going to cheer you on, encourage you, encourage you no matter what you do. I mean, they need to be able to do that. I mean, they definitely need to have, um, you definitely want to have people around you that will encourage you, but you also want to make sure those people at the same time can be honest with you as well. Um, because, you know, if you're just surrounding yourself with just a bunch of encouragers, uh, well, they might be encouraging you to continue doing this thing, the very thing that's actually sucking your business dry. So you want to make sure you're surrounding yourself with good people that will be honest with you and whose opinions that you trust. Um, so that, you know, because a lot of times it's hard to do this self-assessment because that's what we want to do, is you want to identify what you do well and maybe what you suck at. Um, so that's the reason why you have to have people around you that can be honest with you. Because sometimes it's hard to do an honest self-assessment. You know, you, I'm sure you can do just about everything in the business because probably at one time uh, it might have just been you. So you've learned how to do everything. But if you really, really want to grow, then you're going to have to assess what you're really good at, what you're exceptional at, that only you should be doing. And you're going to have to delegate everything else out so that you can focus on the things that you're exceptional at that will grow the business. But if you continue to have your hands in everything else, then you're going to bog, every, you're going to bog down the growth of the business. So list, one of the things you can do right now is to list what you do on a regular basis, on a daily basis, on a weekly basis, monthly basis, and then identify those one or two things that you feel you're exceptional at. And then assess how much of that time, how much of that time on a, on a regular basis, daily, weekly, monthly, is focused on just doing those things. Which I'm going to assume those are very productive um, types of work. 
And then how much time is focused on the things that you are not good at or you suck at? <laughs> I mean, suck might be a strong word. Um, you might be good at it, but you're not exceptional at it, okay? Now, I've done these surveys, these assessments a lot. And in a group setting, I mean, even when we were just in, in just kind of a rudimentary, you know, half-hour um, um, assessment, that even at that, what we find is, or what I found is about 60% of your time is dedicated things that you're not exceptional at, things that aren't really productive for you. Um, and that's just in a kind of a quick um, little assessment and survey. Now, if we really spent the time to assess and analyze what you're doing on a regular basis and how much of that time is really focused on things that are productive for you, we're going to find as more like 75% of time you're doing things that aren't productive. Because when I'm one-on-one -on -one with clients, that's what we find out when we really uh, break it down we'll find that about 75% of the time, the owner are, is doing things that aren't productive for them and are doing too many things that really should be delegated out. Now, when you delegate out the tasks, you also, with it, you have to delegate out the authority. What does that mean? That means you have to allow them to make a lot of decisions so that they don't have to come back to you for every single decision. Because I've seen that where companies... Sure, they have managers, they have other employees uh, that they're delegating tasks out, but there's so many decision uh, uh, decisions that have to get passed down, passed through the, the owner. And then that slows everything down because everybody has to wait, basically. Okay, and so we've got to make sure as you're delegating out tasks, you also delegate out that authority, which means you're going to have to take the time to train these people up to be able to do that, right? So just uh, obviously you don't just delegate out task and authority when they don't have the competency to do it. So obviously you're going to have to train these people up. So if you're a solopreneur or have a small staff of contractors, employees, for example, um, you might have to delegate jobs. Uh, you're going to have to probably assess, or not probably, you will want to assess everybody's skills and abilities as well. Um, don't just hire people because they said they can do the job or need a job. Get people that are good at what they do uh, for what you need, but ultimately hire people of good character that fit your culture and understand the vision of your company. So it's really character first, skills second. In other words, when you're hiring somebody, um, you really want to hire for character and then skills. Skills can be trained up. Character, it's very hard to teach character. You know, they either have it or you don't. Um, and, and yes, you can, you can train them, you can disciple them to have personal better character, but that takes so much longer than, hiring, than tra training the skill. Okay, so it's better that if you have two candidates that you're hiring or to consider for hiring and all things being equal as far as their, uh, their skill set is pretty equivalent, well, maybe a little bit, lower for, for one person versus the other, but the person that maybe have a, has a lower skill set per se or experience, but they have a higher character, I would always take that one because you can always train that second person up to, to get their skill set um, up to par, right? Um, because a person of great character is going to do every, anything and everything they can to raise up their level of skill versus the one that has a lower level of character they may be tapped out as far as what they're willing to learn. Okay, so that's just an example of hiring, why you want to look for character first, 
and then skill second. Um, and then ultimately, if, if someone of high character will usually fit your culture, um, and they're going to take the time to really understand the vision. And when you understand the vision, when, they, when everybody understands the vision of the company, now everybody starts moving in the same direction. Um, so that's another point that could be another episode. Um, and then take the time to train them up. So I've you know, had a number of clients where they're like, well, we just don't have time to, we need to have somebody, we need to hire people that have the highest skill level because we don't have time to train these people. Um, and, and too many times because they're taking the person of the highest skill but may not have the best character, we find they have issues. And what happens is end up, they end up firing them or the person quits. Um, because they just don't fit in or they haven't, they, they may have a great skill, but they haven't, um, the leadership isn't taking the time to not just train them in the skill, but even just train them in the, in, uh, in the culture of the company um, and, and, and so forth. So, or a lot of times they're just dumped into a position and just expect them to perform. But there's so many things besides just the skill of doing accounting or or manufacturing production. There's so many things that are specific to your company that you need to take the time to train them and teach them. Um, so you really need to make sure you take the time to, to train these people up. Because um, you don't have, in, you know, that excuse that we don't have time, the time to train. Well, you better find time because you can't afford not to train them up. Because ultimately, if they quit or you have to fire them, that takes a lot of money and time to now find another person, right? So take the time and train. If you already have a staff, a good sized staff, then you wanna make sure you're delegating all management duties to managers. Um, if you don't have uh, formal managers, you definitely wanna to start to create an, an organizational structure, a formal organizational structure that has, you know, the uh, authority is, is broken up into tiers, right? You've, you've, everyone, I'm sure, have seen organizational structures. You know, you've got the president or CEO or the, or the owner is at the top. And then at the second level, you've got managers. And the next level are the employees, right? You definitely want to make sure you create an organizational structure in place if you don't already have one. And so what that's going to do for you as the owner is say, okay, who are my first line of managers and those are the people that you deal with the most as far as when it comes to decision-making, um, talking strategy and all that. And you let the managers then um, uh, do every, uh, communicate that down to their staff, to the pe people that they're responsible for and communicate the vision, communicate the strategy and all that. So that you as the owner don't have to be doing that with everybody. I've seen owners, um, really manage, try to manage everybody in a sense, even though, even when they have managers. So you want to make sure that when you create that organizational structure, you as the owner, you make sure you adhere to that. Let the manage, let the managers manage. And you, with your, um, your interaction with the rest of the team, with the rest of the employees on your company is really more about, well, encouraging them to do a great job and, and thanking them and just getting to know them on a more of a personal level and not have to manage. Right. Let the managers manage, and you just develop um, just relationship with your team. Um, and that will take a lot of pressure off of you as well um, because, like I said at the start of this, sometimes the owners are just doing way too much, especially when it comes to management. So now you as the owner can now focus on just leading the business 
making those key relationships and maybe those high-level deals, things are going to be productive and will grow the company, right? And we're taking, so we're trying to take a lot of weight and time off your shoulders so you can focus on the things that will really grow the organization. What, we're, what you're seeing now is that the owner is now specializing, right? The owner, you're specializing in doing those things that you're exceptional at. And just like managers should specialize, really, right? You have managers uh, over, say, marketing, uh, manager over production, manager over operations, manager over finance. So you have man- managers essentially specialize because you're not usually managing everybody. You're usually managing a specific uh, part of the company. Just like employees are specialized, right? You have the finance department. So all the employees in there are, are just dealing with finance. And even within that, uh, maybe some are just doing bookkeeping versus some are doing payroll. Um, and then even in, in, in marketing and sales, sometimes they're specializing in certain product lines or certain brands versus others. So everybody specializes. When everybody specializes, including the owner, everybody's going to be much more efficient. Right, so don't try to uh, eliminate or minimize the amount of overlapping work that everybody does. Now, understand cross training, uh, especially in smaller companies, cross training is very important. Um, So it's not to say you don't do that, but for the most part, you know you want everybody to specialize so they become very good and very efficient at that one thing or two things. When you as a leader are positioned uh, correctly, focus on the right duties. Right, you're in the right seat now. duties that you're best suited for and you've built that team around you that are great at what they do, then you'll start to see sustained growth. So hopefully this helps. Um, This is key number four. Next week is going to be the last key to scaling your business. Um, I hope this is helpful. And if this is your first time listening or you missed the other other three episodes, I definitely encourage you to look back at the other uh, three uh, because I'm sure it's going to help you and your business. So if you have any other business questions or topics that you'd like to hear more about, email me at prosper at i61businessdevelopment.com. That's prosper at the letter I, the number 61, businessdevelopment.com. Or go to the Facebook page, you can at Purpose and Profitability, and you can post your questions or comments there. Um, and then tune in again next week, because again, as we go live with um, key number five. So thanks again for listening. This is Robert Fukui. And remember, purpose plus profit equals transformation. God bless and have a great week, everyone. Thank you for joining us today. We hope you have enjoyed this podcast. For more information, please visit PurposeAndProfit.com.